throughout our life, we make all kinds of connections from our neighbors to our co-workers, from family members to people we interact with in business every day. What about the connections we make to ourself? Today, we'll explore the connections that we make and how they define our lives. This is Things Worth Considering with hosts Gord Riddell and Alexia Georgiousis. It's time to consider the possibilities. Good evening and welcome to Things Worth Considering. Uh, we're a weekly talk show and we're all about connections, the ones that we make, the ones we miss, and most importantly, our own connection to ourselves. Uh, we hope to give you some information that will entice you, that will empower you, maybe give you something to disagree with, but importantly, that there's things worth considering. I'm your host, Gord Riddell, and I am here with my co-host, our very own naturopathic uh, doctor, Alexia Georgiousis. Hello. Hello there, Gord. How are you doing? I'm good, thank you. How are you? Good. Are you freezing good. yet? It's really cold out. It's really cold out. It is. What cold happened? Out. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I forgot. It's it is winter coming, right? Nah, Starting. that's an illusion. It's all an illusion. <laughs> <laughs> um, the uh, if you wish to be in touch with us, or you'd like to uh, tell us more, what you might like to see more of on the show, or or whatever, um, please feel free to contact us at info at spiritgrows.ca. Um, and we will get back to you and we'll take your, take your ideas into consideration. So today we're talking about, um, I think, a really interesting area, and that is the influence of religion on today's medicine. And we have, you know, at some point we think of them as diverging, you know, that we have medicine over here and science, and then we have religion. However, you know, the history is fascinating and science continues to actually be very, very influenced by what's going on and uh, well, healthcare, and I think yes, yes, and I think that there's um, a little bit of you know we're going we're we're returning to sort of more connection, and and I think that it'll it is fascinating. This is such a powerful topic, especially right now, in terms of you know the only thing bigger. A colleague of mine was saying the only thing bigger than all of this is God, the divine. That's the really? only thing bigger, right? <laughs> and we were laughing because it's like, yeah, get out of your own way. We got to well, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're definitely in our own way on this one. Yeah. Uh, we'll only be able to touch on on some yeah. of this. We'll give you some, we hope, some poignant ideas. You know, uh, Ayurvedic medicine is still very, very strongly practiced. Uh, Five thousand years old. Yeah, incredible. Chinese medicine practiced. Practice in Toronto, practice in New York, 3,000 years old, mm-hmm. you know? So we're dealing with, to begin with, a, a history that is way, way back there. Uh, ancient Egyptians, they had all kinds of religious beliefs that actually led them to understanding about the human body, where the organs were. Yeah. Because during mummification, they had to be shifted. Yeah. But it was for religious purposes. They weren't there to map the body. Right. So we kind of lost, because of the religion, we actually lost some scientific movement forward uh, because of that. Uh, yeah, and, and, I, and I think that it, it was really leveled with different understandings. And, and again, I mean, we'll get into this more, but conventional medicine, because what you're referring to, Gord, is traditional medicine. That's the traditional medicine, the histories. And also we're looking at other, other countries in Africa, you know, the yeah, rest yeah. of that was really deep. This is so ancient and and much more integrated and holistic. Yes. And then science came in and became very piecemeal. Right? The science comes into it not until a couple hundred years ago. Yeah, exactly. Really. Exactly. You know, so this this is the Conventional basis medicine. of natural yeah. medicine. Or, you know, uh, Greeks and Romans, they had some religious beliefs. You know, uh, they had a development uh, in, in terms of medicine. I mean, Hippocrates comes out of this period of which almost all of us in some way, shape, or form use his, his uh, um, you know, oath, which is to cause no harm. Right. You know? <laughs> well, that's the intention. And, that's and the I intention. Think that, you know, it's, yeah. it, it's, there's a lot that's there around that split also between the Asclepian movement and the Aegean movement in terms of the Greeks, where... The Aegean was much more about hygiene. The Asclepian was much more about destroy the germ. And it's like, you know, the idea of, of looking at a garden, organic gardening, where you have diversification and you use 
the organisms to support and maybe get rid of a fungus, but then in, you know, um, a, a sort of more pesticide or monoculture, you would basically come in there with a big spray gun and, and spray the heck out of the organisms, not realizing that you're disrupting the balance. And that, yeah. that's, uh, that fight has been there for a long time, right? Oh, an incredibly long time. But, you know, they at least had a sense of organism and, and you know, uh, that holistic approach. Uh, you know, we lose that eventually, you know, and we lose that. And, and this is sort of an influence, I mean, from Mesopotamia onwards. And then we definitely get into the, into the, the Christian, you know, growth. And that's the introduction of supernatural. Right. You know, the supernatural has now come into it. And, and it's the reason your, your gardens or your fields are not doing well is because you have bad spirits or you have a bad influence around you. You're ill because, you know, you have a spirit in you. Right. This really played out in mental illness, you yeah. know, enormously. Yeah. Um, you know, so that the, in, the influence of that all illness and, you know, natural events happening was caused by bad spirits really, really slowed everything down. It interrupted some of what we'd already known. Do you think so? Because I feel like you could interpret that a little bit differently and and say that perhaps what was being inferred was that this more sense of oneness where then, like, for example, with homeopathy, even that's much later, the idea was that it's, it's, the susceptibility to external organisms comes when the internal spirit is out of alignment. So when there's an internal misalignment. Too sophisticated. <laughs> You're too sophisticated. <laughs> no, we're talking about just, exorcisms here. Yeah, yeah. But I, I understand what you're meaning. I just think that it's, it's, it is, yeah, that view of exorcism is that something is attacking you. And, yes. and we have to also go into the place that, look, spirituality and physics in terms of energy. When you get up there in quantum physics, it's all energy. And that's all it is. Totally. So maybe that, they were ahead of the game. Because no, because every time someone was ahead of the game, like Copernicus, Galileo, got thrown into prison. Uh, I know. <laughs> you know, so, yeah. I mean, it wasn't really worth, you know, I'm, I'm sure some people, including Michelangelo, had a handle on this. You know, they had to have. If you look at yeah. their art, you know, especially Michelangelo, if you look at the art, you know, from that period, they definitely had a sense of energy, of movement. They weren't just good artists. Right, right. You know, but who would dare, you know, it's, we have to remember that, you know, the church, and, and by that, I mean, the Catholic church up to 1500, okay, uh, well, 1534, when finally, you know, uh, what's his name, uh, good old Henry VIII breaks away, so he can divorce, uh, was, was, it was the politics of the period. You can't yeah. study, you cannot study um, uh, European history without studying the role of the church because the church is, you know, the Holy Roman emperor and, you know, Holy Roman empire, all of those kinds of things. I mean, it was staggering the amount of control this place had. Yeah. And that's, I think that's a very good point because I think in part of this, we're seeing also how much the world has become and, and became so Europe centric. Oh, yes. That, that we've, we, you know, when you look at, at Chinese medicine, the, the ancient awareness of the chakras and of Hinduism and Ayurvedic medicine, all yep. of these were, you know, putting these needles along, you know, various parts of the body. They were very aware that there was something that was being more activated. But the Eurocentric nature, it would started to be, that started to grow. And I think, you know, I've, I've referred to Bruce Lipton before and he often describes how that was the split and the separation between science and spirituality. Yeah. That yeah. the church, that, that come, when the church came in, they said, we address spirituality and science is that. Instead, where traditional medicine, like all of this historical medicine, was very much about it's one and the same. They influence each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so in, in, I say Henry VIII, but actually he was in like 1534. Right. It's uh, 1517, Martin Luther, he issues his decree that says, I don't believe in you. I don't believe you should be giving 
you know, all of these, uh, uh, oh, oh my God, I, the word just flew out of my head. When we give people exoneration uh, that they sold them, and I can't even think of the oh, word. It'll come back to you. It'll come back to me. Uh, indulgences. That's ah. it. They sold indulgences. They still sell indulgences. Uh, ah. But indulgences, if you give enough money, if you do enough, blah, blah, blah. And that and the, the Pope was not infallible, that he was just a person, you know. And so that was the beginning of, you know, Wait. sort of the Reformation. It was the beginning of Protestantism. You know, the root of Protestant is hmm. protest. Which, uh, you know, these are all the protesters out there. So uh, interesting. We see a split begin to happen, and Lutherism yes. is, is the first one. Uh, and even then, Lutherism is still really uh, one, really strict in one area and other areas. Like women in one one of the branches in the U.S. do are not allowed to be ordained. I mean, they're still hanging on to some of that kind of stuff. But you know, between like that Orthodox and, and press, Catholicism as well, right? Yeah, you know, look yeah. at you've got that split there. You know, the yeah. Orthodox men are married. You know, you yes. don't hear a whole lot. But the women can never be, you know, become an Orthodox priest. No, no. Right. But there's, they, there's, they're still married. You yes. Know? yes. So we see with their sexuality being dealt with in a, you know, a humane way that we're not seeing. And I'm not saying that, you know, celibacy is the cause of pedophilia, but it's not exactly a deterrent to it either. Right. Well, yeah. and that's a, that's a good point, Gord, because I think that, you know, we could have another show on what restrictions when people are too rigid with themselves and trying to be purists to the extreme. Because I thought the whole thing about Catholicism and the priests not marrying was financially rooted. It is financially rooted. Yeah. It is financially rooted, but there's ramifications to repression. Definitely. Anything you Definitely. repress or suppress has to come out sideways. Definitely. Think of when you want to hold your tongue with anger and all of a sudden you go and you throw something, you slam the door, you get whatever it is. But it just slipped out sideways, didn't it? Even though, oh, no, I'm not angry. Um, So there's always a way that that gets in there, you know, that, yes, it was about it was about making sure that if a priest and a woman um, that they were married, divorced that they would not lose the church and the house and the lands and, you know, the whole thing. Yeah. But really, yeah. it was very, about money. Very cleverly designed, right? Very cleverly designed. Uh, I, you know what? I think the entire Catholic church is very cleverly designed. I think it's, I think it's brilliant what they did. doesn't mean I agree with them. No, you know? no. But yeah, yeah. I understand but what you're saying. Yeah. They knew how to line up things like their services and beliefs in with the existing pagan and suddenly we have Christmas in January or right. in December, you know, they believed he was probably born in July. You know, so it's, it's quite fascinating, really. Um, so we've got all this history that's, that's you know, going on. Um, and then basically we start to have discoveries with science and medicine, right. you know, and that's only about a couple hundred years old. Yeah, you know? it's, it's very recent. It's very, very recent. Very recent. And we've learned a a huge amount, if you consider the short period of time, you know, um, they, the healers, the medicine men and women, shamans, who are often tribal chiefs, or if not the chiefs, they held exalted positions in their communities. They took care of people. Um, they, they knew how to use the herbs and the grass and the, everything that was going, you know, in their tradition. Kind of there, the church came along, and of course the priests and, and the monks, and then eventually the nuns would all hold major positions in hospitals, death and dying. Uh, Mother Teresa comes to mind. Uh, she wasn't a very nice person, though. Apparently, uh, huh. from what I hear, uh, not too. You know, she's a saint, they say. Uh, however, there's this interesting stuff has come out of it. Um, but you know, the fact that that idea of the outside influence begins to really, really come into play so that everyone's now trying to drive it out of the body and and it's starting to interfere now once again with science it's not until we get the microscope that we actually get anywhere well i i think there's validity to that and i also think that at what cost because that push from science the conventional world was really in my opinion meant to really understand it from an intellectual standpoint not uh, a standpoint of holism. The intellect likes to 
go into algorithms and definitions and piecemeal and say, well, this is because of this. Remember when that article came out years ago saying, I can't remember where it was, um, saying that that whoever they is, this the, the <laughs> infamous is they, discovered the God spot in the brain or something like this. Okay. And, and again, it dismisses that, you know, consciousness is just something your brain makes up. Right. And, and that to me is incredibly arrogant. I think for human beings to think that somehow we have greater insight into the force of nature than nature knows that, that is that, that we think with our words, we can say, yes, this is what it is. It is just for me, such a, a, a position of arrogance where I'm going, wait a sec. It really, that's why I admire the scientists and the, the researchers who are very curious, who actually yeah. look at everything right. instead of saying, I found it, you know, I've got, and now I'm going to put my name on it. That's the most hilarious thing, right? I discovered I this and my name has to be on there. Well, yeah, let's, uh, when we come back after this uh, commercial break, we're going to look at people who had a better idea and started their own religions instead. Um, let's talk Good about idea. Aliens. Good idea. Uh, <laughs> and see where they crash into each other. We'll be right back after these couple of messages. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. Imagine a place where ancient wisdom and modern research combine to create a non-judgmental, dynamic educational environment. We believe learning is much more than just theories. It is the application of those theories that anchor your learning deep inside yourself. Our physical, emotional, intellectual, and spiritual selves are embraced and nurtured, learning how to create an internal balance. This is Transformational Arts College of Spiritual and Holistic Training. Since 1988, we continue our mission of spiritually focused education for all who seek. We offer integrative personal development and professional training in spiritual psychotherapy, holistic health care, spiritual director, coaching, and esoteric studies. We are located in Lawrence Park in Toronto on Young Street, north of Lawrence Avenue. It's easy to get to and harder to leave. Visit our website at transformationalarts.com or inquire at TAC at transformationalarts.com or call us toll free at 1-888-TAC-SELF. Transformational Arts, bringing body, mind, and spirit together. It's time to serve, learn, change the world. Tune in each week for The Power of Young People to Change the World, hosted by NYLC's CEO, Amy Muirs. The program is a forum for both young people and the adults who love and support them. We make connections with others through stories of change, partnership, and new perspectives of issues facing the world today. Be sure to join us every Thursday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time and 3 p.m. Pacific Time, or anytime on demand on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. listening to Things Worth Considering with Gord Riddell and Alexia Georgiousis. We'd love to hear from you via email to info at spiritgrows.ca. That's info at spiritgrows.ca. Now back to Things Worth Considering. Welcome back. Uh, we are here talking about the influence of religion on medicine. Um, you know, just to jump you know, quite a, a bit ahead, one only needs to look at what is going on with the Supreme Court in the United States that, you know, Roe versus Wade, a 50-year-old you know, uh, case that was brought to a, a position of women having the right to, you know, determine their own, you know, family planning, whatever that might, might mean, is now back in the courts again. And, it's, and who's putting it there but religion? Yes, you know, so religion is once again really intruding on women. I mean, for some reason, but you only have to look at Congress to see it's a whole bunch of white old men with white hair. You know, <laughs> I mean, you know, or or orange or orange. Um, right. But it's terrible. 
I, I'm horrified. I'm sure I'm just as horrified as they are. But, you know, Catholicism, as powerful as it was, has evolved through Protestantism into sort of the evangelical Christian. Um, uh, and, and not saying that all evangelical Christian churches are terrible, but the influence they're exerting on trying to control people's life, I cannot believe for one second that that has anything to do with spirituality. Yeah, and, and I think that's a very valid statement because there's a there's that awareness piece that when people get scared and they are feel that from an ego place they're losing power, then they're going to start to cling. And you know, we see this in practice, Gord, that people, you know, you, when you're scared, you go backwards, yeah. go back to you. We you know revert to being the child or in the clinging. And saying, wait a minute, I don't want to go forward unless this comes with me. Because it really is just incredibly intimidating. And so with people being very destabilized with the last two years that and lack of connection to the earth, lack of connection to spirituality, I, I think that this is a threat and it scares people. So the, the, the most that they can do is say, I want things to stay the way I'm comfortable and mm-hmm. I'm going to exert my power. And and it, and it's it is shocking. It's shocking, and it's you know it's it's really is a um, looking at every everywhere where it's like either we're going to go forward, or we're going to go backwards and repeat and stay stuck, and and you know we can't force that, but it's it is shocking. So I think that's a very valid comment. It's shocking that it lacks any forward vision. It's like so, if I do this today, what are the ramifications of you know my actions? So, and I, I just see that as incredibly immature, that if we don't understand that all of our actions, even if we think it's in the name of God, has ramifications. Exactly. You know, uh, so what's it going to look like? We're going to take away women's rights, you know, over, over control of their own bodies. Yeah. For what? And so the ramification is now we have more and more and more children being born into families that can't afford them, don't want them. It shouldn't have happened. They're too young, you know, untrained parenting. And we're going to move into more domestic violence. We're going to move into more children being hurt, sexually abused, physically, you know, I mean, and, and, and get into trafficking. I really believe that that and that go together. Not, you know, like in terms of. Yeah, yeah. uh, Yeah. Whatever I said. I I follow you. I I think that you, that, that could very well be be accurate because I think, you know, a lot of people in the world, regardless of the, how they identify with gender, don't know how to be in balance with, you know, the feminine power, you know, the idea of that this is rising, this, this right. divine feminine and, and the, the masculine is, is falling. It doesn't matter somebody's gender. It's just the energy change. But there's so much fear because, look, you know, the idea, that's what, what was lost with the, the big push of science. There were advantages, but there was also now a mindset that nothing is real unless you can prove it, unless you can see it, where's the evidence, and anecdotal evidence of the thousands of years of history from Africa, the med- medicine people, the Egypt, the, you know, uh, India and China, and South America, all over the world, right? Australia, all sorts of areas that that was suddenly, well, it's anecdotal. Exactly. And that was a complete disservice because it disconnected the spiritual dimension of life. You know, when Buzz Aldrin returned from the moon, he began the Noetic Institute. Really? um, I didn't know that. Yes. yes. You're kidding. I didn't know that. He said, "How, how can I possibly invalidate you know, 10 million people's anecdotal experience when I'm part of that anecdote. And he, he started noetic, you know. So it's, you know, the whole thing of like, oh, well, it's just anecdotal is how many times do we need to hear a story before we go, God, maybe there's something to this. Right, right. Exactly, if, exactly. You know, but we do that with so many experiences, like, Let's move into the area of spirituality. You know, spirituality is an anecdotal experience because we don't have the words to describe what some of our experiences are. Exactly. It's a exactly. felt sense. It's yes. in my body. Yes. You know, who is anybody to say that's not true? Right. 
And so as a result, that fear of being pointed out, of being told, oh, that's bullshit, is enough to stop us from talking out loud. Yes. Yes. Well, and, and as you said, I mean, persecution, like anyone, if, if there was if all these power struggles over the years around who was benefiting and the, you know, the church and the push with conventional science in terms of the last 200 years, sadly, there was also a sense and a loss of who is going to gain the most. And, you know, that's why one, you know, it's, it's not cookbook. You cannot in my opinion, practice with a cookbook approach when you're looking at just like spirituality and also with medicine. There's not right. one size fits all. Oh, God, our, no. Our individual, you know, even though we share a lot of DNA, we have individual responses, yep. highly differentiated. Yeah, no, no question about it. There's no question that, you know, I mean, the courses that I've been teaching in for all these years, you know, kind of creates a... a a hodgepodge of, of experiences that individuals relate to what works for me, what doesn't work for me. You know, one way of meditating, you know, doesn't fit every single person. You know, what about the ADD person? Can I teach them how to meditate this way only? Oh, that's wrong. And I think that, you know, the only, the only place that we get really stuck in that this is the only way is our, from an ego. That's yeah. not from science. That's not from, no. that's from ego. Totally. Know, that, that I'm right, you know, kind of thing. Yes. So, you know, the, we just need to keep all of this, you know, in place that there's more than one way to treat illness and there's more than one way to expand consciousness and spirituality. Exactly. Exactly. You know, we really need to keep that, you know, uh, in line. You know, the church was really, really quite instrumental in actually handling uh, mental illness um, for years. And then- Well, in Europe, and you're talking about Europe again. I'm talking about Europe, again, it's the West. It's the West, you know. uh, That's that's really what we have the most amount of information available uh, on, you know. But during this whole time period in the 1800s, as medicine is just getting going, what people don't realize is we're in a spiritual revolution or evolution that's going on in the 1800s. The number of religions that were started in the 1800s is really quite staggering. Part of it is because of the split. But don't forget, the split happened way back in the 15, you know, Catholicism and Protestantism. Yes, yes. So that's way back in the 1500s. So it's taken a couple hundred years, you know. Amazing. Uh, And during that time, you know, we we saw the church uh, taking care of most most mental illness uh, was actually sort of taken. People were put into the church and, you know, they did all kinds of, of stuff. Between the upcoming church, uh, upcoming religions, and this is an interesting, you know, trying to, pr- you know, bring them together here. In, in the 1800s, okay, we have the theosophy, Madame Blavatsky, all right? Uh, we have Christian science, still very big church today. It, it actually has one of the most respected newspapers in America. In fact, it's not the world for unbiased reporting. Mary Baker Eddy, spiritualism, the Fox sisters out of New York. It was all already going on in the UK, but big in terms of the establishment of the church, uh, the spiritualist church of which Mary, of which uh, Madame Blavatsky came out of. (laughs) Interestingly enough, Mm -hmm. Seventh Day Adventist, Ellen White and Joseph Bates. Have you noticed all the women? I've been giving all these women's names. Yes, I see that. Okay. Then the Mormons. Joseph right. Smith, uh, Jehovah's Witnesses, Charles Russell. Um, we also have uh, Unity Church, which is Charles and Myrtle uh, Fillmore, and the Unitarian Universalism, although it was older, uh, it, it amalgamated and, and began to grow through, uh, through the 1800s. Uh, it didn't, it actually, it didn't amalgamate until 1961. Um, the Quakers, the Religious Society of Friends, they are instrumental in mm-hmm. creating... A, a humane treatment facility for mental illness. Wow. Yeah. And then there was the Shakers. Now the Shakers were a little bit older, but you know, there's a problem with the Shakers. Other than I've never heard of the Shakers. I've heard the, of the Quakers, but not the Shakers. And if you know furniture, Shaker furniture is actually very coveted. Oh wait. Yes, yes, yes. Now, yeah. now that you say that. Okay. Yeah. Okay. It's very coveted. Yeah. Uh, their heyday was from like 1820 to 1860. Um, 
And uh, I, I, I didn't write, I forget the woman's name now. Uh, it was sister somebody or other who became mother somebody or other. But marriage, when you joined the church and you were married, your, your marriage was immediately dissolved. Um, <laughs> and you were not allowed to have sex ever again. There was chastity, was absolute. Uh, men and women could not even pass each other on the same staircase. Wow. Isn't that fascinating? So it guess what happened? Guess what happened? <laughs> I can imagine we lots of babies. Anybody, we didn't have anybody be born into the into it. Oh, I see. I see. I thought you were going to say they all rebelled. <laughs> no, no, not at all. Gradually, they died out. Yeah. Uh, they did adopt a lot of kids. I think there's about, there's only one colony left in the States. And there is, uh, I think, about a handful who still call themselves shakers. But for all intents and purposes, they've sort of disappeared. You okay. know? So their chastity thing didn't work out so well. You know, no. uh, uh, because you've got to have somebody, you know, feeding, feeding into it. Um, now, most of the churches in all of these religions all have some, some um, uh, health component to it. Yes, you know, it, it, makes, it makes sense. That's fascinating. And it makes total sense. Mary Baker Eddy, for instance, in the Christian science, do not believe in direct, uh, you know, doctor uh, intervention. Prayer is how you heal illness. Right. Okay. We all are very aware of Jehovah's Witness, uh, blood, no blood transfusions. A lot have yeah. died as a result of their, you know, their belief system. Uh, you know, spiritualists, I mean, certainly go to the, go get treated, you know, but there's also energy healing. That laying on of hands is very big with spiritualists and in theosophy as well. Uh, and it's very powerful. Concepts. Right. It, oh my God! Yes. Like their energy healing, and that's what's resurging now. But this is fascinating about the history, because this was also the same time uh, range where homeopathy was being discovered. That's and right. Hahnemann, who was the founder, he was a medical doctor that became extremely disillusioned with conventional medicine practices, mm-hmm. and he he was very outspoken. But the idea was going back to what I was saying at the beginning was that the internal, the vital force, the animus the spiritual yep. nature inside of someone was mistuned by nature just in terms of that's what happens. And so that's when symptoms appeared. So when right. you would could give something that was minimal dose, not doing any harm, not toxic and something that was a gentle and more not, not only supportive in the language of homeopathy, it was considered curative suppression and uh, palliation were our conventional medicine. Right. And then it goes supportive and then basically rebalancing is more naturopathic. And then homeopathic was in a realm of what was called curative. And it was saying that it's very interesting because it's what, what how we view the symptoms, right? Yeah, totally. Totally. You know, this, this whole um, uh, set through the 1800s is really has, has been by some people has been sort of dubbed uh, like the new thought period. Right. Um and, and what's interesting is, is this new thought carries right up to today. And, and where, where that comes about is that, you know, sort of there's this, this whole, whole mindset or movement around our mindset um, that, you know, since human thought had creative power, negative thoughts materialized into negative situations, while spiritual thoughts could form a positive reality. Hmm. Okay. So, uh, Burl Satter is, is one who's observing this. Um, but in the 1890s, the New Thought Movement shifted attention away from curing disease and said it focused upon the mind's power to create material success. Mm, now, yeah. take that forward to today, to the mega churches who are mega wealthy, you know, and that same idea is, is you know, moving out of this whole, whole period, you know, the Gilded Age into our not gilded age well and, note, and it's also gonna, the con- conventional medicine became a business massive oh, business right a massive business massive yeah. business um yes speaking of business we need to break the break here and we will be back in two minutes Get the news on our shows and other happenings by following us on Twitter. Find us at VoiceAmericaTRN or Twitter.com forward slash VoiceAmericaTRN. 
Imagine a place where ancient wisdom and modern research combine to create a non-judgmental, dynamic educational environment. We believe learning is much more than just theories. It is the application of those theories that anchor your learning deep inside yourself. Our physical, emotional, intellectual, and spiritual selves are embraced and nurtured, learning how to create an internal balance. This is Transformational Arts College of Spiritual and Holistic Training. Since 1988, we continue our mission of spiritually focused education for all who seek. We offer integrative personal development and professional training in spiritual psychotherapy, holistic health care, spiritual director, coaching, and esoteric studies. We are located in Lawrence Park in Toronto on Young Street, north of Lawrence Avenue. It's easy to get to and harder to leave. Visit our website at transformationalarts.com or inquire at TAC at transformationalarts.com or call us toll free at 1-888-TAC-SELF. Transformational Arts, bringing body, mind, and spirit together. On Read My Lips Radio, producer and host, a.k.a. Radio Red, invites you to eavesdrop on her live, unscripted conversations with smart, savvy, creative people as she discovers what makes them tick, where they find their inspiration, when creativity first became their passion, and how their creative process can inspire the rest of us to think out of the box. Enjoy, a.k.a. Radio Red's always lively, cool conversations with creatives. Mondays at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Oh, how those lips can talk. You are listening to Things Worth Considering with Gord Riddell and Alexia Georgiousis. We'd love to hear from you via email to info at spiritgrows.ca. That's info at spiritgrows.ca. Now back to Things Worth Considering. Welcome back. And we are Things Worth Considering. And we're talking about religion and medicine. Believe it or not, the two of them go together. Um, it's interesting to, you know, sort of what's going on here with what we've just been talking about in the last segment in terms of the spirituality and that sort of shift away from the focus on curing disease or at least alleviating people's symptoms and discovering that the mind is very powerful. And it gets shifted, though, to material. Now, did we miss a beat here? We sure did. Because we shifted away from the spiritual understanding, and now we're trying to apply it to the material understanding. Exactly. Exactly. um, You know, Norman Vincent Peale, his famous book, you know, The Power of Positive Thinking, uh, really spread his popularity. He was a pastor. Dr. Norman Vincent Peale. Everybody knows his name, at least, you know. Um, interestingly, that Trump often quoted Peel as a way of substantiating his, his belief systems and so on. Hmm. You know, I'm sorry, Mr. Peel, I had to bring that up. Um, <laughs> Dr. Peel. It was, yeah, it is interesting because it's really, you know, it's, it's I think, where we've lost a beat here. And the beat is, is that, you know, I think, and that's just my opinion, that what we're discovering again today is about how how we think does manifest in our bodies and that we would do better concentrating on that than trying to win the lottery because I don't believe it was designed yeah. for that. No, I absolutely. And I think that we're coming around full circle where we have another opportunity. And, you know, Dr. Bruce Lipton is really the father of epigenetics, which is very similar, but because Dr. Lipton has this, mega science background he's really been forefront about and really leading the way around helping people understand the importance of meditation and thinking using it with the science of understanding what is happening to a cell and 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 that is what it really is the blend because i think with this history there was also real loss of 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 spiritual freedom religious freedom and also medical freedom because Absolutely. suddenly, suddenly, you know, medicine, you know, that, that film by Rick Kirshner, who's said, you know, done this film on from how, how healthcare became sick care. It's very excellent. interesting about the, the history. And it's, it's not, again, it's the systems. And, and what you said, Gord, is, yeah, what, we missed a step. We missed a big step because we, we lost the humanness of what it means to care. 
and yeah. and bringing in a more a more common sense. Really, it's very common sense. Rick says this in the film: very common sense connection to the earth, to everything. It doesn't mean we don't need conventional medicine. Of course, we do. But we also need people to have their freedom of, you know, what is it in terms of their beliefs and religious beliefs. But again, the balance. How do we come into a balance? That's yeah, and, and well. The only way that that's ever, I think, going to happen is is that when we can find common ground between, you know, what's going on out there and what's going on, you know, in in terms of like the, the two in medicine versus out there meaning spirituality, you know, yeah. they 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 just seem to to they get closer, then they just go go off, you know. It's yeah. yet, you know. Doctors, doctors who they who they uh, portray is very much defined by religion, Absolutely. to the point of them that they're almost sacred. They're caring. They're there for us. They, you know, wow. they just have all of these, you know, attributes that we could only hope for, and we know that they don't have all those attributes. But we have that expectation. We have that expectation. I think that it's it's really again that role of who are we revering and why. And I remember from history of naturopathic medicine that one of the old nature docs, and I cannot remember his name right now, but he had a whole list of qualities and basically said naturopathy is essentially the the connection between the heavens and the earth. Right. And what he meant, and naturopathy, because it was it was looking at using plant medicine, using traditions, using the respecting the awareness of the healing power of nature, trusting that the body will know if everything is given to it, it will know how to heal. And of course, we need supports in place, but but the 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 conventional medicine of two hundred years has gone into such a a heavy fact based you know intellect that it's lost this other part. And, and I think the spirituality now is that why, you know, what does that mean? People want to own it and say, this is spirituality and this mm. is how you do it. And, and it can't become clinical. It's sort of like how MBSR, the mindfulness-based stress, stress, stress reduction, which is an excellent, um, you know, program. But, you know, my only criticism would be that I don't believe there's any mention of Buddhism in it for fear of offending someone. And right. also it, it's, it's became very clinical. So again, it's, it's, you know, the science and, and I, I'm sure you see that, but I see often people that they, they can't trust. They can't trust that their body knows or they can to trust their intuition because they're so focused on, I need to see the evidence and, you know, so-and-so published this article and said, this happens and this is how it works. And then it's like, Oh, then that, that's how it works. This is what, you know, what I believe now. And that is being all shaken up where if we focus on beliefs and thoughts and pay attention to our awareness, then, then we have better joy. We have better health. Our cortisol drops and the physiology proves that, you know, it's, it's, it's amazing. It is. Positive thinking is a big thing. You know, the, the thing is it's positive thinking that doesn't come through the ego, which says exactly. I'm right. There, bang I on. Know, I know what uh, my positive thinking is. It doesn't mean it's your positive thinking. Right. And, and that's where, so the moment we get into what you have just talked about is where we lose one of our most important faculties, and that's our curiosity. Yes. Without yes. our curiosity, we don't discover new things, find right. new ways, explore right. Uh, you know, new ways of being or being open to the fact that maybe the universe is actually a living thing, not a bunch of rocks and stones and Hubble photographs, even though they're fabulous. They're um, fabulous. You know, yeah. maybe there's a message somewhere out in amongst all that energy, but I have to be curious enough to find it. Yes. So whether you're in medicine and locked into just the facts, ma'am, just the facts, or law, just the facts. Uh, or in spirituality, it says this is the only way we do this. I lose my curiosity. Yeah, yeah. Well yeah. said. Well said. I think that's very powerful because it it is it. What I see, and I'm sure you see this too, is that imagine if we taught in our schools, you know, 
little kids about how to feel, how to how to be what? able to what? yeah, how to how My to meditate or you know, or, or just <laughs> and just really allow that and and then learn about things like money. Learn about what is it all these things to, to let us be in the world and pay our bills and you know do what we want and but we've been we've been moving towards a target that as we can see has been completely false it's completely false we got kids that can't leave home exactly or they're homeless or they're exactly. and it's all because of beliefs and policies and you know prejudices and all kinds of things and lack know? of curiosity Lack, lack of, of curiosity. curiosity because well, that lack was, of curiosity is lack of possibilities. Exactly. We're not, and it gets shut down. Totally. You know? Totally. But the belief that as a parent that all of our kids have to be exactly in a certain way is crap. So yeah, it is. you have a child born who is gay. And what? I'm going to throw them out of the house, my child, because who they are choosing to love is different than what I'm choosing to love, say. Right. You know, right. so wrong. It, n- nothing makes me more angry because of where I live, a lot of those street kids are gay children that have been yeah. thrown out. And it's yeah. bloody freezing out right now. Terrible. And they're, and they're in, you know, in, in shelters and, and yeah. or trying to get shelter in doorways. And it's tragic, you know, um, and that, because that's a belief system. Someone yeah. said, this is wrong. Exactly. Possibilities, curiosity, are I think our greatest losses right now. I think that's I think that's very um, very profound, Gord, because it it's I think the loss of not knowing how to be curious and it, it shuts down everything. It shuts down ability to listen, ability to be compassionate, ability to learn, yep. ability to expand. Creative. You, you know, exactly. It's it becomes we're not robots. We're not meant to be robotic. Right. And that's when health problems happen on every level, where, spiritual that's sickness. What theories attempt to do is to ro- roboticize us, for lack of a better word. That's you know, a good one. I like that <laughs> word. Roboticize. Uh, you know, the, the whole thing of AI, artificial intelligence, is what? To replace us so that we stop thinking? Yeah. You, know, and, you know, I'm not real happy about all this right now. You might have guessed that. <laughs> I find it incredibly disturbing. You. I find it, it very disturbing. disturbing. And I know it disturbs you as well. Um, yeah. And I think it's the first time you and I have actually talked about this, is how, how disturbing it is to watch, you know, sort of uh, uh, a world that thinks they're gaining when, in fact, we're losing. Yeah. We're losing some of the most important yeah. primary elements of the human condition, yes. you know, or the human mind, and which I think yes. is fascinating. I've been in this field for at least 10 years. No, for <laughs> 10 times 10 times 10, 10 you know. Uh, a long, long time. And what has always uh, allowed me to stay active is because I found the human mind so fascinating. Our ability to create, our ability to bullshit ourselves, our ability to have a shovel in one hand and not know what it's for. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, and Gord, um, I think what you're referring to too is that that's the art of healing. That's the art of being human the art of living and because it's filled with all sorts of things, pain, sadness, joy, happiness, because, you know, we've talked about this before. We're all going to die. What? Yeah. I I hate to break it to you, but you know, and it's, it's, we, the fact that that's been separated and, and it just promotes so much fear. And and it's like, Hey, Hey, remember like, and, and, and that whole saying of, I remember one of my teachers many years ago would say, you know, in terms of she's dependent Buddhist, but basically talking about, oh, today's a good day to die and living from that place. Right. Because right. then you're free. Then you're really free. You are. You are. Until you can accept the fact that you're going to die, it's very hard to live. Because exactly. the whole focus then if you want to talk about, you know, some of this Norman Vincent Beale stuff, the whole focus becomes then what I can't have happen. Whereas if you, you cannot, our mind does not work in negatives. It has to be, I embrace life and embracing life. One of the functions of life is not only birth, it's death. Yes. You know, I, I mean, I really work with a place of, of uh, and as you know, I teach an end of life care program. Yes, um, yes. And until you know, we just embrace the mystery of that experience. 
I find a child coming into this world to be equally as mysterious, but one is joyful and one is sad, but yet they're both a mystery. Where did that kid come from? Okay, we can do the egg and thing. That, you know, the egg and sperm <laughs> thing. That's the science of it. Right, right. I'm talking about be curious, be yeah. expansive and think, yeah. oh my God, this is so amazing. Yeah. Where did that person just go? Equally as amazing. Exactly. And that's, that's the innate wisdom that's there that we're part of. And we think we somehow know more instead of realizing that, wait, we are part of this. So how do we actually have, which is what I love about, you've said this before around spirituality. And so is Sebastian Glass around having a relationship. We do, we've, we've learning, hopefully, can we have a relationship with our bodies, our an intimate relationship with ourselves and also with spirituality in addition to look at all these amazing things in the world without, again, if we lose the curiosity, if we think we focus always on, I have to focus this way, otherwise somehow I'm wrong somehow, or otherwise I'm going to die because I think that's the deep fear underlying it. Then, then you don't, you don't live fully. Look at all the amazing things. Look at all the amazing things in this world, including yourself. Exactly. Nicely said. That's, that's the missing piece. You know, yeah. until we can learn that we're not gaining anything by putting other people down or degrading or humiliating, it's, it's just a horrible, horrible evolution that we, you know, that's our missing step. We went in the wrong direction. And if we don't turn it around, we're never going to reclaim curiosity and creativity. Yeah. And a relationship with ourselves and with each other. Imagine what love would look like if we weren't afraid that you're going to tell me I'm a piece of shit. Exactly. And, 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 you know? and healing, actual healing, where, yeah. where it's truly holistic, which is, of course, I'm biased because naturopathic, but I know my <laughs> the colleagues on, there's not yeah. to disrespect them by any means, but it's a different system. It's a different lens. And that's why, you know, you're looking at your spiritual work. It's so needed right now, especially Absolutely. now. We are at the end. We will continue next week. I wish everyone who celebrates a very Merry Christmas. Um, And remember, this is the season of light. Please let some light in. We're going to talk next week about 2021 in review and what the hell happened. What did we learn? We'll be back next week. Please enjoy the holiday season. Be safe. Be sane. And we'll see you back. Or we'll hear you back here at 8 p.m. next Thursday. And happy solstice, everyone. Happy, happy solstice, yes. Light the lights. <laughs> Thank you for tuning in to Things Worth Considering. Please join your hosts, Alexia Georgiousis and Gord Riddell, for another edition next Thursday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time and 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. This week, think about the connections in your life and how they define who you are. 